0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
1: Welcome back. It's Locked on Chiefs, and the days are ticking away down to a week. From today, you are going to see the NFL draft. We have a ton of content coming for you all around that process and how we get there and what we do. We'll have some special things. Uh, We'll have recaps for you on the picks the Chiefs actually make. We'll have some bonus episodes on each one of those. Uh, We'll probably do a day three wrap. I'll be streaming over on RGR Football. You can watch the Locked On NFL. There's going to be a network stream as well. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And to get ready for that, we're going to go over a couple of scenarios today. Um, Not just in our minds, but in a friend's mind as well. We're brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit Rock Auto today and tell them that Locked On sent you. We're going to get into right up here in a second... Uh, Old friend Matt Derek's doing something kind of fun. We started it yesterday. We're going to continue it today. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, where you can get the athletic matrix and the draft guide at RogueAPC.com, as well as your host at RGR Football.
0: And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And there is a lot to talk about. Uh Before we get into the draft stuff, probably I need to talk about a couple of rule changes coming to the NFL this year.
1: Right? The Chiefs got what they wanted, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I- And I get why they're doing it, but uh, it's going to be very weird getting used to all the different jerseys this year.
1: (laughs) Right. So the the number um, sections, tiers or whatever, that each position can use have been expanded. That has been ratified. So the Chiefs are going to be able to move some numbers around. I'm interested to see what uh, Tyron Matthew does and what that kind of cascade is. Um, But yeah, it's going to take some getting used to, I think.
0: Well, and the crazy thing is is you start talking about what they're going to be able to do. Uh, Some of the players are going to have to fork up a lot of money to be able to change their numbers. (laughs) And I'm not talking about to other players. I'm talking about also to the NFL because they have to buy all the jerseys that are out there.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't read that part. So anybody who's got a jersey in production has to buy up the stock if they change. Yep. Yep. That's usually not something that they implement if a guy just changes numbers in the offseason. That's kind of strange. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I would <laughs> not want to. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Tyron can handle it, but dang. Yeah. Um, wow. I just want to see somebody wearing number one that actually gets on the field. Um, you know, I that could be a defensive back now. Um, DBs can wear one to 49. I, I like that. So can the fullbacks and the running backs and all that tight ends and wide receivers can do that same thing. So it's going to look very college-like, not that we didn't already have the teens and the wide receivers and that kind of thing, but I I just think it expands it. And you can see defensive linemen all the way down into the 50s now.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting because Kansas City is always, at least as long as Tyree Kill has been here, uh, they and honestly, I think it started with Jeremy Macklin. All of the wide receivers have been wearing teen numbers. Uh, I wonder if that changes this year.
1: Yeah, Maybe. I just hope that we get to the point. Can we retire 88 and 58, please, and just be done with it?
0: Well, 58's already retired, and I would imagine that this makes them or this gives them the ability to retire 88 permanently.
1: I hope so. I think that's about time. But, you know, there's there's a lot else going on, and I, I think that's that's window dressing. Give it a fresh look. Give it a fresh season. You know, maybe that's a, this is a good time coming off of a COVID year to, like, kind of spice things up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I will be interested to see what other rule implement changes the league is going to uh, adopt. It looks like they are tabling a couple as well.
1: What did they table? I didn't get to see that part.
0: So they table the overtime rule uh, and the onside kick rule. So they're going to allow, I think, nine. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but the number nine in the field of play when it comes to onside kicks. So... Uh, that's going to be implemented this year. Uh, The Eagles are going to bring up their 4th and 15 option again next year, Uh, but they wanted to give this other rule a chance.
1: Yeah, I don't blame them. I don't think that's kind of interesting. You know, the faces are going to change in the way that they go about it, and so are the rosters themselves. Is is there anything else that stands out to you?
0: I just think that it's... Every year, it's always interesting to see what the rule committee comes up with. And honestly, the biggest change really isn't necessarily even going to be a rule. It sounds like, and and this isn't what I was thinking about, but it sounds like also uh, officials are going to be able to talk more to the people that are upstairs. Uh, So I think that will help the the flow of the game. It'll help get more calls right. Uh, But the thing that I was thinking about that I think is going to be an even bigger thing uh, Than any rule changes is what are the, what's the NFL and the NFLPA going to do when it comes to practice squads and uh, such this season? Yeah, I, I'm very and interested. that's still up in the air.
1: Yeah, and won't be decided until what the the owners meetings in the summer. So I think that's going to be really interesting. Quite frankly, going to change the way that we have to look at this team as a roster from top to bottom.
0: Well, and it also you have to remember last year they also added two kind of new. Uh, roster spots so you went up to 55 as opposed to 53 so is that going to continue
1: we will find out um it's going to be telling but hey you know that's that's what the process is about is taking taking shots on some of these things to try and improve the game overall and i'm I'm all for that and proving the roster is important as well and we're going to get into uh what we started yesterday with matt derrick matt's not on the show today but we're going to go over he's doing A mock per day this week. Make sure that you go check out today's at ChiefsDigest.com. We're going to take a quick look at his coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com get all the sports news you need in less time with the locked on today podcast follow the locked on today podcast on the audacity app or wherever you get podcasts I like what Matt's doing here, and if you haven't checked out either of these mocks yet, go to ChiefsDigest.com and check that out. Also, if you wouldn't mind, go see if you have any interest in the draft guide or the athletic matrix over at RogueAPC.com. If you do, use the code L It'll get you a chunk off of the cost for those, and I appreciate you guys taking a look. That said, it's all about these selections, and Matt's done something interesting here where he's doing a mock every day of the week this week and taking a different kind of theme on it. Um, We're not going to go through the whole thing for you today because you need to go check it out and have him explain it to you in words, um, you know, with spelling and stuff that I can't do. Uh, But I do want to start his theme today was tackle or bust in the first round and then the best available athlete. Um, And I think that that may end up being what it is when it all breaks down. I'll give away his first one because I want your opinion on it because it is interesting a guy that plays predominantly on the right, but has swapped over from time to time to play left, and Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State, a guy with really nasty hands and a pretty good kick slide, um, but does have warts as well. I think everybody in this tackle class does. What do you think of that selection by Matt?
0: Well, if he doesn't trade up to get him, I have a hard time seeing him there at 31. Um, I just don't think he's going to last. Uh, The other thing for me is... is. The Chiefs obviously have to make sure that they feel comfortable that he can be their left tackle. If they feel comfortable with that, I'm good with it. But uh, it does look like he has a very nasty streak, which would be nice to see on the offensive line. But it's very interesting to me how much they seem to go out of their way talking about how they weren't going to go tackle or at least trying to avoid saying they were going to go tackle. Now, obviously, you can't come out and say you're going to do something, but it just seemed like they were trying to set it up to, to get people to understand that they don't have to go that direction in the first round.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure that Jenkins isn't the third off the board of the tackle spot. I'm still actually finishing up my big board, folks. I will release that on Monday. We'll get you the link and everything in Monday's show. But it's very interesting that that's the way it came down, like you said, without a trade. Um, The rest of it also is something um, he's not shy about tackles. And that may be the other theme here as we take a look at some of the rumors going around. The ideas about what the Chiefs want to do, and that is double dipping at the tackle position. That's something that I don't have a problem with, especially if there's value. I'm just not sure how deep that value goes. How do you feel about that class overall?
0: I think the interesting thing to me on that is is that so one of the things that we were asked on uh, the actual voicemail line was about you know do we trust Veach whether or not to draft a tackle this year after taking Clyde edwards lair last year, not taking a tackle last year. And my response to that is this. You have a left tackle that is coming off a Pro Bowl year. You have a right tackle that is an All-Pro. Why would you go draft a tackle? And they still took Lucas Niang. Now, at this point, you have Mike Rimmers, who played very well, well at least well, I think, even above average at right tackle for the most part last season. And you have... Uh, niang supposedly coming back so if you have those two guys doubling up at that tackle position doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense uh, at least for this season now obviously tackles uh you know are going to be something that you're going to continue to need but that just seems like a lot of draft capital going to a position because at that point that would be three draft picks in two drafts for that position alone yeah i mean that is a lot but there's still question marks about niang
1: if if the value does happen to be there on day three in particular, and there are a lot of tackles that could fall down there, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. It all comes down to are the tackles that are they're able to get to, whether it takes a trade-up or not, are they of the quality that they can come in and play year one at left tackle? Right. And if not, then why not take the shotgun effect and see what you can develop because either way, you're going to have to develop somebody if you don't get one. I mean, and quite frankly, I'll bet the Chiefs probably only have two guys in the first round that they'd be interested in.
0: I could see three or four. Uh, the problem is, is you know, the question becomes is can they get there? You know, I think that they could be interested in, in Sewell, but there's no chance in my mind that they get there. I mean, could they? Yes. But in theory, but I don't think that there's any way they're trading up to get high enough to get him.
1: Yeah, and I think I think we'll have to go through a couple of scenarios. We'll probably do that in the next segment, folks, because this this tackle group is, I think, agree with you that it's it's top heavy, but then there's a lot of girth in the middle that is more developmental, I think, honestly, from the 75 slot to the 150 slot is probably where the bulk of them go that may end up playing significant snaps in the next couple of years, and it is about how they fit into what is still going to be predominantly a zone running scheme. And how well they can defend the outside pass rush. It's, it's it's a two-pronged attack. But I think that there's a couple of guys on day three that you might see the same kind of progression that you saw with Eric Fisher, guys that are underpowered, that are athletic, but need that couple of years to get up to par. And at least this way, you're not spending a first-round pick on them.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely a possibility. The only concern that you would have in that regard is who you put in there this year. Because you can't put Rimmers back there after the way he played in the Super Bowl. Right. In my opinion, you can't put, I don't think you can put Niang there, even though the Chiefs have talked about having him out there. Uh, I just don't think you have a legitimate option at that left tackle role right now. And I think that it's, it would be very, very um, foolish of them to go into the season with the way they are right now. Yeah,
1: I, I have to agree with you. I, I don't know that I can project any of that to happen. So they have to get more bodies in the spots and. I think that's exactly what they're going to do, whether it's two or three. I'd like where Matt's going with it. Make sure you check out that mock. We're going to get into a couple of scenarios. We'll do a a thumbs up, thumbs down here on the backside of this about what they should do and whether the value's there. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Betonline has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lockenforo. Our local experts from every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this is always fun. We don't, we don't do segments with, um, you know, <laughs> the arbitrary would you do it or not kind of questions, but it seems pretty, pretty apt today. And I think, really, we're pretty set that 31 is not in their future, right?
0: I would think not. I I just cannot imagine that they pick at 31. Of course, it depends on where they want to go, too. I mean, you know, last year I didn't expect them to pick at 32, and they did. So it's hard to say what they're going to do. Veach is playing things close to his chest, and I, as I've said before, I think if you follow Peter King, he will give you an idea where Kansas City could go in round one. Uh, but that won't happen until a day or two before the draft. Yeah,
1: and that's that's a little bit too late. So let's, let's start here before we get into the specific scenarios. Which do you think is more likely? We'll do that one first, trade up or trade back.
0: Oh, I hate this question. Uh, it depends on how the board goes. I mean, if there's people there that they think are blue chip prospects, then you trade up. And honestly, that's what it comes down to at the end of the first round is if you think that there's a guy that could be a top 20 talent that's still sitting there at 22, 23, maybe you trade up and you go get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he, if you think he's a guy that can help your team and get you back to the Super Bowl next year, the problem is, is picking at 31 more than likely. Most of those blue chip guys, which generally speaking, you have what, 15 to 20 every year Yeah, uh, in good, in decent drafts. Uh, are probably going to be gone from the range that you want to really trade up to, so at that point, then you're looking at, okay, well, maybe I need to trade back, and so I could see that scenario as well
1: so let me run a couple scenarios past you, and we'll each give a thumbs up thumbs down to these. A couple of rumors going around out there, one that Atlanta wants to come out i don't I don't think that the Chiefs could ever spend enough to go up to number four. The second one is the Miami Dolphins. And hear me out on this because I'm not proposing that they go up to number six. I think the Dolphins might trade out of that pick again and move back and collect more future picks for themselves. But what I am intrigued by is right now they're holding number 18 as well. I feel like that's within the range that the cost to move to 18 for the Kansas City Chiefs would be acceptable if they can get the tackle that they want or or whoever they feel is, is worth going up to get. I think that that compensation would probably be a second-round pick. Maybe it would have to be a first. I would think possibly not. I'm not sure about that. But um, two things. What do you think the trade value is going up to 18? And would you like to see them do that if they could work with the Miami Dolphins?
0: Potentially, the question that you're going to have working with any AFC team is, are they thinking that they're going to be contenders in the next two or three years? And that's where you're going to have trouble as an AFC team trading with Kansas City because you're going to be chasing Kansas City as long as Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City. So uh, I could see them trading with the Dolphins. I think that 18 would be a good spot. We've talked about them trading up with Chicago because there's familiarity there with uh, Matt Nagy. Uh, So I could definitely see them trading into that type of spot uh, as to what it's going to cost to go up and get that. Uh, That's a big question for Miami. I mean, how much are they going to be willing? How much are other teams going to be willing to trade? Because if Miami's trying to stockpile picks, it makes sense that they would look at maybe trading out of 18 as well. uh, Getting another player with their, you know, other first round pick, maybe trading back to 12 or 13 or sorry, 14 or 15. And trading out 18, I mean, you could do you could see them do that as well. So, you know, it, is it going to be just a second round pick or is it going to be a second and a fourth? Is it going to be, you know, a first next year to go up that high?
1: Well, and that's an interesting wrinkle because a lot of teams seem to be emphasizing next year's picks. So let me let me give it to you this way. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. The Chiefs giving up 31 to get to 18 and next year's second and this year's third.
0: I would do it if the player, if they love the player that's going to be there. But again, I go back to what I said with not knowing who's going to be there. If you're getting one of the top three tackles in your opinion, in your mind, then yeah, I think that that's probably worth it because that's how much you need to protect Pat Mahomes. So I think it would be worth it in that value. Yeah.
1: I I don't think they do it unless they're getting one of those guys. Um, But,
0: but the other side of that is, is it, does it have to be a tackle that they go get? Like, they've talked like they're not going to go get a tackle, so maybe they fall in love with somebody else that falls.
1: Tyreek 2.0, Jalen Waddle,
0: that'd be interesting, right? That would be. I can't imagine Waddle's there at 18, but... You never know, right? Right.
1: I think next year's second and a third is a little bit too rich for me. I would probably say no, but I would go with next year, second and a fourth. I just don't know if that'll get that done. So Miami, we're split on. Let's take a look at another one. Another rumor going around is that the Cardinals are trying to move up, whether that's to that number six pick with uh, Miami or whether it's to four with the, the Falcons. If they're moving up, that means one of those teams is coming into it. Let's, let's take it that it's the Falcons, and they go up all the way there, and they get the guy that they want. If you are having to give up the same thing probably a little bit more, then it definitely has to be probably this year's second and next year's fourth is that worth going to 16? Are those two spots incrementally better for you, or is this a thumbs down at that cost?
0: Without knowing who's on the board, it's impossible for me to say for sure, although I would consider it again if you're getting one of the top three tackles, um, and I don't know that I would go for any other position because even if you're looking at a wide receiver that you think is going to change you know, this offense completely, uh, yeah, it could be great and fantastic. But at the same time, who's going to protect Mahomes to be able to get the ball out? That is a very I hate, very I hate being sound like a broken record, but that's exactly how I feel about it. I mean, it's, are one of the tackles available? If so, then yeah, go get him.
1: Well, yeah, and we have to assume that that's the only reason they would go up for it unless it is like a player like Waddle that they're just in love with. So I agree with you. I think that's a long way to go. I think it's more likely to get to the mid-20s Jacksonville supposedly looking to bulk up on picks as well. So let's play around at 25, 31 to 25. I think you can get that done for what's likely a third round pick this year or next, maybe it's next year's and and you get to still make your selections this year. Do you find that enough value again with a target in mind, either a tackle or a position player that they really like is that cost again too much for you to move up? What is it? Seven picks.
0: It's not for me. If if there's a guy there that you think is, again, and I'll go back to saying this, if if you think a guy's top 20 and you're picking at 25 because you can trade into that spot, uh, then you go get him. If you think he is that type of player, then you go get him. And I have no problem with that. The issue that the Chiefs are going to run into in the future is they're going to have a bunch of guys that they're going to have to pay or they're going to have to let, you know, replace them with some draft pick. So, Really, the only position that, in my mind, is out for the most part for this draft is interior defensive line. Everywhere else, I think you can you can justify going up and, and getting a guy if you think he's good enough.
1: So to recap, we're okay. We are We are split going up to 18 for a second and a third. We are split on going up to 16 for a second and a third. Maybe flipped in their years, right? And we are both happy going up to 25 for a third. I think that's, that's what it's going to take, and I think that, like you said, that that is worth the capital to get there. The last scenario is that position player goes off the board at 12, um, or the Cardinals get their guy and do move up and take Waddle or whoever it happens to be that same position player, right? And the tackles go in the top 15, and you weren't able to get up there. So now you're sitting at 31, and your two primary needs are off the board for anybody with value that you would take. So now you start looking at moving backwards. How far would you be willing in this draft to move back and try to acquire more picks?
0: Well, it would not make a ton of sense, but getting anywhere in the top five picks in day two would be a great scenario for Kansas City, mainly because that gives you value of being able to reset your board and getting an idea of other teams wanting to move up, trying to go get somebody. Uh, So to me, I would like to be in that position. Uh, If you can't get there, I'd still want to stay in the top 45, but it really just depends on what they're willing to give you. Are are you getting an additional second round pick this year Uh, for somebody that's way down in the second round that has multiple? I mean, you know, it depends on what they're offering. I, I think that you could, because in my mind, moving back doesn't mean you necessarily have to pick where you end up. You can also use the pick that you got or any of your other picks, and go move up and get somebody if you feel like you need to. Yeah, I
1: I agree completely. And a lot of commotion around um, the Detroit Lions, moving around and wanting to do some things. Um, I think 41, the Lions pick, is probably the farthest back that I would be comfortable moving. I agree with you being in the top 10. Top five, preferably, of day two is probably where you want to be. Pick up a fourth. A third, if you could squeeze it, if you could get even to the compensatory picks that are still in the third round. Before you reset for day four, I think that would be worth it. But um, those are the scenarios as we see them right now. We'll probably hear more chatter before we get to the draft itself. And if there's anything significant or maybe, uh, you know, undo smoke, we'll let you guys know. But we appreciate you for listening to this, to going through our scenarios, even uh, as we're trying to get a little bit crafty with what might go on. I think this is going to be a very um, active draft for trades because I don't think teams value this year's draft picks as much as they do next year's. Um, so overall... That,
0: doesn't that seem to be the case every year?
1: It does, but I think this this year more so than not being able to scout recent film, I think it is going to have a more of an effect and see more wheeling and dealing, in my opinion.
0: Well, and I, I could see it going the reverse because I think the teams that feel like they know players are probably going to be trying to get as many as they can Feeling that some of the league is going to do what you just said and punt to next year's draft. Well, if you do that, you're basically almost giving up this season.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially so, if you're in dire
0: need of something. Right. So, really hard to do uh, in specific scenarios with different teams.
1: Well, we'd like to know what you guys think. Hit us at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter. Hit us in the iTunes reviews. We appreciate those, especially ones that have all five of those stars on them. And we're going to keep going through this. We have some interviews coming. I have something for you next week. It'll probably be early in the week. I talked with Dane Brugler of The Athletic and got some insight from him. I think uh, what is a very open field in this draft class. And we're going to have some more friends and guests come back as well. So keep it tuned here. Thanks for listening to us today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work, read and review at Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.